Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Friday, everybody. We have a good day in the market today. Today's a good day, guys. Today's a really good day. Um, obviously, I'm doing this early, so I don't know what the whole day will will tell. Uh, the futures are suggesting it's going to be mixed, uh, but I'm thinking it's going to be big old day in the green, baby. The best color in the world, green. Uh, red is also a good color. So basically Christmas colors. <laughs> uh, but okay, so we got term of the day before we get to the news. And the term of the day is support. Okay, support is short for support level. And here's the uh, like the textbook definition here. Support or a support level refers to the price level that an asset does not fall below for a period of time. An asset's support level is created by buyers entering the market whenever the asset dips to a lower price. In technical analysis, the simple support level can be charted by drawing a line across the lowest lows for the time period being considered. The support line can be flat or slanted up or down with the overall price overall price trend. Other technical indicators, charting techniques can be used to identify more advanced versions of support. Okay. So obviously that definition sucked. (laughs) Um, So here, here's my definition, right? A support level is the price of a investment. Doesn't have to be a stock. It can be a house. It can be gold. It can be anything that has a price that trades uh, via uh, the market, meaning multiple people, anybody, anybody can, uh, can buy it technically. Um, the lowest price, like the average lowest price, if it breaks through that, like if people are like, I'll buy it for lower than that, or if I'll buy it higher than that, obviously that price moves. But there's a, there's a thought process that if the, it breaks in one direction or the other, it depends upon a few other factors, but that could either be really, really good or really, really bad. And there are investors who live and die by this support level I don't want to say theory, but maybe investment strategy that if it breaks through this support level, then we're going to sell. Or if it breaks through the support level, we're going to buy. And they usually do it in like mass quantities. So they will wait. They will have like a year game plan, just say 12 months. And every time that support level is either broken through or crashed below, they will have a buy sell strategy. So there are a lot of people that do that. There's technically two types of, I guess we're doing multiple terms today, guys, but there's two types of invest, uh, how do I want to say, analysis, I guess. You have fundamental analysis and you have technical analysis. Those are really the two big ones. And technical, think numbers, uh, data, and fundamental, I want you to think like uh, who the CEO is, what are their processes. Uh, what is their strategy with uh, international investing, et cetera, et cetera, right? So fundamental, just think, I do it like people skills versus numbers. And, <clears throat> excuse me, although that's not technically correct, it just helped me, you know, because that was a test question back in the day for me. But technical analysis, support levels, there you go. That's our term for the day. Okay, enough of the boring stuff. Let's get into the news. What is going on today? Okay, U.S. stock futures are mixed after the Dow reached its highest level in six weeks and ahead of reports from tech giants, including Microsoft and Alphabet. Other companies reporting results today include GM, 3M, the Coca-Cola Company, Biogen, Chubb, Halliburton, Kimberly-Clark, UPS, and Visa. That is a lot, a lot of companies, guys. And on, was it Monday or Tuesday we did this last? 
Either way, I told you guys this was a huge week of earnings, and if my mind is correct, which you know, we, all hope it is, we all hope it is when it comes to this stuff, then today is going to be a good day for investing. Okay. Uh, yesterday, stocks closed higher, adding to last week's rally on strong earnings and signs of economic softness that suggested the Fed's aggressive rate hikes to cool inflation could be taking hold. So far, nearly one-fifth of all the companies in the S&P 500 have reported their results. Of those, 74.7% have beaten analysts' expectations for profits. Yeah, I'm going to read that again. 74.7% have beaten analysts' expectations for profits. The Dow added 1.3%. Excuse me. The S&P 500 gained 1.2%. And the NASDAQ rose 0.9%. Treasury yields climbed with the 10-year Treasury yield uh, now at 4.18%. Oil prices moved lower, lower as data showed. Demand from China remained lackluster in September. Light sweet crude is now just above $83 a barrel. Uh, Europe, Britain's Financial Times Index fell 0.5% as new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, sorry if I'm butchering that, is confirmed as the country's new leader. Europe's stock's 600 index was flat. In China, the Shanghai Composite fell 1.3%. Big yikes for China. Uh, the Hang Seng Index fell 0.1%. And Japan's Nikkei... Am I saying that right? N-I-K-K-E-I. I'm going to have to Google how to how to pronounce that after this. Uh, rose 1%. I say it enough. You'd think I would know how to how to pronounce it. Uh, later this morning, S&P CoreLogic releases its Case-Shiller National Home Price Index, which is a good one. I like this. I like this graph uh, that Case-Shiller uses to show. Um, okay, let me read that again because I just I tangented it again. Later this morning, S&P CoreLogic releases its Case-Shiller National Home Price Index for August. Expectations are for a 13.8 year-over-year rise in home prices, down from a 15.8% gain in July as housing activity slowed this year as mortgage rates spike. Uh, okay, first, a bunch of opinions here. This is probably, if I had... One line that I say to all my clients who are worried about the stock market, who are like, Russia's going to invade, China's going to invade Taiwan, oil is the world's biggest issue right now. Um, Basically, people who are very concerned about their money, which they have a right to be, but the number one thing I say, and I don't hear any other analysts really talk about it like this, so... I'm definitely not tooting my own horn. It's honestly a little concerning, but so far I've been correct. If companies keep making money, let's read that number again. 74.7% have beaten analyst expectations for profits. If they keep making money, I do not see barring a global catastrophe in which case your money won't matter anyways. I do not see a scenario in which the stock market crashes, crashes. Obviously we're down. Okay. We're down about 800 points from the high, I think, um, maybe 900 points. Uh, so that is about, you know, a 20, 30%. It ranges between 20 and 30% constantly with the volatility we have. However, I would say in the grand scheme of the stock market, if you expand it over 50, 75, hundred years, these types of drawbacks, these recessionary periods are critical to a healthy economy. So unless you're retiring tomorrow, this should be like another day for you. Okay, go for a stroll in the park and be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. So I am, I get excited when I see that companies make money, um, especially because a historical trend is that the second half of the year, I think it's July, it might start in August, but 
basically July to December, it makes more money than the first half of the year. And we're seeing that now just because it, it is, uh, we're on a, on the come up on the rise. However, we're still nowhere near where we want to be, right? Like just as a firm, you know, we manage millions of dollars. I'm down many millions of dollars as a total firm just because of the stock market trend. So, uh, or of this recessionary period we're in. So just stay calm, ride the waves. If you got 5, 10, 15, 30, 40 years, you should be excited because things are cheap. Okay. Things are cheap. All right. What is the big, okay. Here's a big story that I thought was very, very interesting. Okay. We all know Mark Zuckerberg. What was that movie he, they did with him? Um, man, I can't remember the movie. I got to Google it. I got to Google it for you guys. It's the one where basically they, they just tracked how he made Facebook. Oh, I know some of you are like screaming at your phone or your car right now, yelling the name of the movie, uh, Facebook movie. Now, how old am I that I have to Google Facebook movie? Okay, the social network. Okay, if you guys have ever seen the social network, Mark is incredibly insufferable in that movie. Okay, he is annoying. He's arrogant. He has no social skills. He's honestly kind of a bully and superior superiority complex for sure. This blows my mind because Mark Zuckerberg is also one of the greatest technological thinkers of our time. Just be, <clears throat> geez, excuse me, uh, greatest uh, technological thinkers of our time because of Facebook. So this story I found very interesting because someone who also has a big head thought that they could reach out to Mark Zuckerberg. And if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I'm laughing at this. So here we go. Let me, <coughs> excuse me, let me read this here. Meta investors call for big changes. Meta Platforms reports its latest financial results on Wednesday. Ahead of Meta's reports, the CEO of Altimeter Capital, which holds 2 million shares of Meta, which is a lot, wrote an open letter to Mark Zuckerberg outlining suggested changes for Meta. In the letter, Altimeter CEO Brad Gressner said Meta has too many employees, is moving too slowly to retain the confidence of investors, and needs to get its mojo back. He suggested reducing headcount expense by 20%. That's a lot. And limiting Meta's investors into the metaverse to no more than $5 billion per year. I kind of like that one. That sounds like a lot of money for the grand scheme of things. It's not. Uh, currently, Meta is spending about $10 billion annually on its buildup of the metaverse. And Gerstner also suggested trimming overall capital expenditure by $5 billion to $25 billion. Ultimeter said the three-step plan would be would double the company's free cash flow to $40 billion. Meta's augmented reality unit, Reality Labs, has continuously reported big losses. It lost $5.8 billion in the first months of this year. Uh, Meta is down 61% so far this year. Okay. Uh, I just thought that was a funny story. Okay. Stocks are going to go up today, I think. So there isn't any real, I don't know, negativity to, to watch out for. But this story... Facebook is focused on this Ready Player One metaverse type thing. They're going to lose money. They're going to lose money probably for the first 10, maybe even 15 years of this. And I just find it interesting that this guy who invested in this probably thought the growth of Facebook was going to be steady and consistent and they weren't going to basically dump all their capital into this, into this um, metaverse idea. But obviously they are. It's a big deal for Mark. He wants to do that. So this guy is trying to save his investors money. They're probably like, why do you have so much of my money in Meta? Like, we don't like Facebook. Like, get us out. He probably has to do damage control constantly. Okay, constantly. So I just found that to be interesting. 
Um, one last thing I want to talk about because I found I learned something today, and we all know I love Warren Buffett. We all know I love the old head, the old geezer, the wisest guy in the room. Uh, there's a there's a saying in basketball. Almost every pickup basketball like group of people they play the same times every week, same days. There's usually an old head. Okay, and an old head, although it sounds maybe disrespectful to those of you who don't know, it's actually a term of endearment. And I've played with many pickup groups. There's constantly an old head. I'd say at least 90% of these groups have an old head. And he has just been there for decades. Okay, he may not be the best player anymore, but everybody on the court respects him. When he speaks, everybody's like, yeah, we're doing that. If anybody try, if any newcomers try to cause problems with him, we're doing that. Uh, we're, we're helping the old head out. So Warren Buffett is the old head of the investing world. And when he moves, I like to pay attention. I learned something today and I'm a little offended and upset at myself because <laughs> I consider myself to be an electric vehicle connoisseur, right? The investment world of electric vehicles, I kind of feel like I know some stuff. Well, I learned today that Warren Buffett has like 19, 20% of an electric vehicle company in China directly competing with my favorite electric vehicle company, NIO, NIO. And I had no idea. I've never even heard of BYD. Never even heard of it. And there are some investors out there, some analysts, some writers who think Tesla's biggest rival isn't NIO. They think it's BYD. And I think that is nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. But then I started doing a little bit of research and I realized the BYD delivers more cars than Tesla. If, if you guys have heard me talk about Tesla ever, you have heard me say Tesla doesn't deliver enough cars. They don't deliver any cars. Like it's extremely, extremely low. I don't know how they, I didn't know how their stock price reached, you know, north of 900. It blew my mind just because they weren't really making money. They just weren't <laughs> making money. And obviously, it's Elon who I really love. So the sentiment around Tesla is extremely positive just because he's a genius. Um, but yeah, BYD, that is something I'm going to have to look into. And I, I think I owe you guys an apology just because a lot of people are saying that's Tesla's rival and I do not believe it. So I'm sticking with Neo. I'm going to learn a lot more about BYD and see if we can't get some information on them and I'll fill you guys in. Uh, last thing before I leave. We'll talk about Elon again real quick. Twitter, right? My guy bought Twitter. He said, clean house, get out of here to all of the, or not all, but I think three or four of the biggest, biggest names, the CFO, the CEO, uh, the head of legal counsel. Uh, if you ever saw um, uh, Tim, uh, his name's Tim Cast on YouTube and Rumble, but he... Um, He's an independent journalist. I really like him. I love his stuff. He, he does a really good job of trying not to pick legal sides when delivering news. But he was on Joe Rogan with Twitter's legal counsel and at the time their other CEO and basically just bit into them about their bots, about how they lean politically one direction usually. And um, yeah, it's just she was the legal counsel was on there. So she got fired. Uh, the new CEO got fired, but the best part about this whole thing is that if you guys know anything about the deal, it was miserable. Like it was at one point, Elon thought there was 80% bots. They wanted to overcharge. They were going to sue Elon, like all this stuff. But the best part is he walks into headquarters yesterday and he's carrying a sink. 
Okay, just a sink like that you'd tear off from your house. I don't know where he got it. It would be even funnier if he took it from his own home. But he walked in with a sink. And basically, if you guys can get the joke, like people don't want him to buy Twitter. And so he has this sink and he's at the door and it's the, you know, the whole joke is let that sink in. Right. So that is absolutely gold. I love it. That's the type of humor that I die for. Uh, it is just, it's, it's beautiful. Now, obviously is Elon a little bit of a weirdo? Yeah. But also a lot of the greatest thinkers and, and creators are, so you kind of have to accept them for what they're of what they're worth. Would I name my kid X dash millennium Falcon XO? No, I wouldn't do that. But am I gonna support this guy creating and making our world a more efficient place? Yeah. I kind of like that. And the fact that he's excellent at trolling, I really like that. Uh, that's it for today, guys. Look into some of these things we're talking about. If you have any questions, give me a shout out. Instagram, 77financialgroup.com. Um, or sorry, that's my website. Instagram is just 77 Financial Group. Easy enough. Uh, and as always, invest early, invest often. We'll see you next time.